0: It's great to be here. Thank you for having me. Thank you for the reading there. This evening, we are thinking about the Holy Spirit coming on the day of Pentecost, and what a great passage that is to think about. I know last week you looked at Acts 1, and there Jesus ordered his disciples not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, that is, the Holy Spirit. And um, G- Jesus said in, in chapter 1, verse 8, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and uh, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth. And we come now to Acts 2, which was read for us, and the disciples were together in Jerusalem waiting just As they had been told. Pentecost was a large Jewish feast um, where people would come and bring gifts and offerings to the Lord. And at this time, Jerusalem was filled with Jews from all over, with different languages and different nationalities. And we got a little flavor of that in a few of those verses in the reading. And as this feast was carrying on, everyone was doing their bit in this feast, suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind and filled the entire house where they were sitting and divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them utterance. So this is it, okay? This is what they've all been waiting for. The Spirit has come. Wind throughout Scripture is a common way of describing the Holy Spirit. And fire throughout the Old Testament has represented the presence of God. Now, in the Old Testament, I think this is important to see, in the Old Testament, God's presence was with his people corporately through their meeting at the tabernacle and the temple. And at times, his Holy Spirit was given to certain individuals at certain times for specific purposes but here on this day of pentecost the holy spirit is given god's presence indwells or fills god's spirit is placed within each individual believer permanently this is a new time this is a new era in salvation history God's people are knowing his presence in a way they have never known before because of the work of Jesus Christ. Now we've got to ask, what was the result of the Spirit being given here? Well, the Spirit we see from the passage, the Spirit enabled them to speak in other tongues. Now why did they need to do this? Well, again, we saw it in the passage, there were Jews from every nation present in Jerusalem. And as they heard the commotion of the Spirit coming, they came together and the passage tells us they were bewildered, verse 6, because each one was hearing them speak in his own language, speaking about the mighty works of God, verse 11. They were amazed, they were astonished. They said, are not all these who are speaking, are they not all Galileans? You see, people from Galilee, they weren't held in very high regard. They were uneducated, they weren't able to speak in other languages. And so these Jews were looking at them speaking in their language and saying, how is it that each of us are hearing in our own native language? They were amazed, they were perplexed, looking at each other and asking, what on earth does this mean? Well, others just mocked and said, well, they're they're filled with wine. Doesn't it seem odd that they cannot recognize this miracle as more than merely humans speaking? I mean, people don't just begin to speak another language. Even after years of study of a language, people will still struggle to express themselves coherently in that language. Don't know if any of you are doing languages at school. I did French GCSE and AS level. And during my AS year, we traveled to France Um, one summer on holiday, and I was full of it, ready to get speaking in French. And I remember the first couple of days, um, I walked into a bakery and placed my order in my best French, and the French lady there responded to me in perfect English, saying, sorry, what did you say? Which says a lot about my French, but after that I just resorted to English in my best French accent but you see what happened here it doesn't just happen now some of them blamed it on wine but think about that to be filled with too much wine surely isn't going to enable you to express incredible intelligence such as speaking another language rather quite the opposite this miracle was a display of the power of god's holy spirit and this is so significant as the gospel began to spread from Jerusalem, as Jesus promised, by his means, the Holy Spirit, as he promised, to every nation as he promised. One writer asks this question. He says, is there a power that can make people one without making them all the same. And of course, the answer is yes. And it is here we see the true beauty and power of the gospel. And what we're seeing here in Acts 2 is only the beginning, Jews from every nation gathered in Jerusalem. When you get to Acts 8, you will see the spread of the gospel to the Gentiles. And all of this points us forward to Revelation 7, and there we see a picture of a great multitude that no one could number from all tribes and peoples and languages. They're standing before the throne of God in all their diversity, together with one message, crying praise to God. And we've got to see that Acts 2 is absolutely key to this, because without the Holy Spirit the gospel would not spread. So the primary lesson that we take from Acts 2 is that the Spirit was given to enable God's people to preach the gospel. And this happens, this will happen, regardless of circumstances and regardless of opposition. We see even in verse 13 that there was opposition to this display of power. And then we see, how does Peter respond to this opposition? Well, he stands up and he begins to preach. And it is as he preaches, that is, as he presents the truth of who Jesus is in the power of the Spirit, that 3,000 turn to Christ and are added to the church. This act of speaking in tongues came about by the power of God to enable evangelism. And it reminds us that anyone in any age who hears the word of God and responds, does this by the powerful working of God's Holy Spirit. Pentecost, is about God enabling his people by his power to complete his mission. Now, let's take a moment and think what this means for us today. Firstly, I think it's helpful to clarify, what may be obvious to some, and perhaps not to others. Here's a question. How do I receive the Holy Spirit? How do I receive the Holy Spirit? Allow me to read just another couple of references that I think are helpful here. The first is Romans 8, verse 9. And there Paul writes, anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. So in other words, if you are a Christian you have the Holy Spirit. If you're not a Christian, you do not have the Holy Spirit. You cannot be a Christian and not have the Holy Spirit. Here's another reference. This one is from Ephesians chapter 1, um, verses 13 and 14. When you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation... And believed in him were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. And it's again emphasizing the same point that we receive the Holy Spirit at the moment of salvation. Once we believe in Christ, we do not have to wait until a further time to receive the Holy Spirit as these disciples did. It's important to remember that what's happening in Acts here, it's a unique time in that it's what we might call a transition time in God's plan and his big plan of salvation. So if you are here tonight and you are a Christian, you have the Holy Spirit living within you all of the time. There isn't a second of your life you do not have the Holy Spirit. Do you know that? Are you aware of that? Do you know how privileged you are that the God of heaven has come to dwell within you? Well, you may ask them, why do I need the Holy Spirit? There may be different answers, but the answer from Acts 2 is that you need the Holy Spirit to be a witness. That is, to be involved in evangelism. You have been given the Holy Spirit. You are empowered in your life for the ministry of proclaiming the greatness of God. You have been given everything that you need to be a witness of Jesus Christ wonder how you feel about that so I find it interesting to think sometimes when people say that they want more of the spirit in their life or they want the spirit to move in their life I wonder what it what's in their minds they're thinking is it that they're wanting to speak more and more effectively about Jesus Christ I wonder if you're a Christian when was the last time he spoke to an unbeliever about Jesus. Perhaps it happens not that often. But I wonder what might hold you back from doing that. I wonder perhaps do you think of all the reasons that maybe that particular person you're thinking about who needs to know about Christ, but maybe you're thinking, well, there's just too many reasons that they won't change. Or perhaps you're thinking of your own limitations. I'm not great at speaking to people and I'm not great at persuading people and, and so forth. I believe we need to stop looking at the barriers that others put up. We need to stop looking at our own limitations and begin looking at those people we wish to reach through the power and work of the Holy Spirit. Because if we want to see the work of the Spirit of God in our lives, then we have got to be committed to proclaiming the truth of the Son of God, his life, his death, his resurrection, his ascension, and his coming again. And we really should take great encouragement for this work whatever our contexts are, be that in school or wherever we find ourselves. We should take great encouragement for this as we look back to Acts and see the beginning and empowerment for this work, and also as we look forward to Revelation and we see the end goal of this work. The Apostles were not asked to do this task on their own. You, are not asked to do this task on your own. And if we are really reliant on the Holy Spirit for this task, then we will pray and we will plead to God. And perhaps this should come before anything else. Let me just ask another question um, as we. Come to an end. I wonder what your motivation is for speaking the gospel. We see that the believers in Acts 2, they were motivated by proclaiming the greatness of God. Now again, if you are a Christian, you can say with myself this evening that we have received the Holy Spirit. Yes, in different circumstances to those in Acts, but no less the Holy Spirit. And we should be no less in awe of what God has done. He sent Christ from the glory of heaven. Christ died to take the punishment for our sins. He was raised again that we might be raised to life eternal. He returned to the Father and sent us his Holy Spirit. If we truly believe this, we will be motivated by proclaiming the greatness of God. My prayer for myself, my prayer for you guys, is that as we have received his spirit, that we would speak more and more with passion and boldness and sincerity the mighty works of God. And as we do that, that we would see God's spirit work in ways that we couldn't even imagine. God's mission is still going on we have not reached revelation 7 so together let's keep going in the power of the spirit today the 21st of january 2023 same god same mission and we have his same power. Let's pray together. Loving God, we thank you for your great gospel. We thank you that Christ came to this world and today in our place that we could be brought close to you, that we could know you, that we could have this privilege of proclaiming Christ. We thank you he has given us the Holy Spirit to enable us and empower us to do that. To God, this evening, help us just to grasp again how great the gospel really is, how amazing it is that Christ came for us. And, God, will you, may we be motivated to tell people of your greatness in whatever our contexts are? May your spirit work on us that we would move towards others with boldness and with passion, that they too. Might come to know Christ. We pray this in his name. Amen.